Hello, welcome to the PMP Exam Radio Show. It's your buddy Phil here. Today, we're going to talk about one of the most controversial terms in the world of project management, one of the most controversial topics, and it's waterfall versus agile. So today, we're going to take a look at what exactly waterfall is and what exactly agile is. And then we're also going to debate a very hot topic the PMBOK Guide, 6th edition, 5th edition, 4th edition, 3rd edition, 2nd edition, and 1st editions are not waterfall. Now think about that for a moment. When we talk about waterfall, a lot of times people incorrectly refer to waterfall model as waterfall project management. And waterfall model is not the same as waterfall project management. In fact, I like to debate the fact that waterfall project management does not exist. There is a waterfall model that is used to develop software and it's very similar to analysis, design, develop, test, and implement. That is the waterfall model in a nutshell. This model is used to develop software, not to manage a project. In fact, I'd like to go a step further and say the waterfall model has nothing to do with the PMBOK guide first to sixth or even seventh edition. So when I hear project managers saying, oh, the PMBOK guide sixth edition is moving from waterfall to agile or hybrid, it shows me they don't really understand what project management is. And it shows me they don't understand what the so-called waterfall model is. Now, if you go to Wikipedia of all places, right? It schools us even better than a lot of reputable sites. It says the waterfall model is a breakdown of project activities. Watch this into linear. What do we see here? Linear sequential. Watch the word phases. Now, for those of you from the world of project management way back, remember what the PMI always told you. Process groups are not to be called phases. They are different. Phases refers to the technical work that we do to get the job done. Process groups refers to the project management activities that are bucketized into descriptions of initiating, planning, executing, monitoring, and controlling, and closing. But that does not equate to the waterfall model. They are two different things. The management of the work is different from the doing of the work. The waterfall model is the doing of the work. Analysis, design, develop, test, implement, and whatever feedback loops, inconsequential. The bottom line is doing, programming, testing, writing, cooking. Those are all phases, technical work. So regardless of the industry, you could still work in a waterfall manner, construction, IT, food service, anything. Anything you could do at Waterfall. And that is not the same as what we know to be the 
process groups of initiating, planning, executing, monitoring and controlling and closing. This is for managing a project. This is for getting the work done. So whenever you take a look at the process groups, I don't want you to think of it like it's waterfall because that is a wrong, misguided idea. The PMBOK guide has got a bad rap for many people for being in quote, waterfall. And that is a wrong perspective. So if I were to write a formula, right? If I were to write a formula for waterfall, my formula for waterfall would be something to the effect of the waterfall model is equal to phases, either sequential or phases overlapped as a function of the actual technical work of analysis, design, develop, test, implement. End of story. And there's nothing process group oriented in this. Now, if I were to write out a formula for the PMBOK guide and the process groups, all the way from the first edition to the sixth edition, the formula would be something like this. PMBOK is equal to initiating plus planning plus executing plus monitoring and controlling plus closing type of stuff that is a function of the 10 things you know too well. Initiating, planning, executing, monitoring and controlling and closing a function of the denominator Integration, scope, schedule, cost, quality, resources, communications, risk, procurement, stakeholder. If I was to look at two formulas, let's say there was a formula for each, this is how I would see it. There are different functions, different elements, different things. And for the longest time, the PMBOK guide has gotten a bad rap for being waterfall. Stop saying it's waterfall. There's a difference between saying a framework for managing a project is less agile than other methods that are more agile or other frameworks that are more agile. Two different things. So waterfall is not managing a project, it's doing the work. Process groups is not doing the work. It's managing the work. So we can also say, taking a look at these formulas, waterfall is not the same as PMBOK. Not in the least bit. Not in the least bit. So 
when we take a look at agile, because the topic of agile has to come into this discussion, because when people talk about agile, they usually compare it to waterfall. And what people fail to remember is that agile is not a set of practices and a method or frameworks. My goodness, I took a look at a document from a well-known website and I won't air the dirty laundry of this website, but it's a very reputable one. And it read something to the effect of Pembok and Waterfall being the same thing. I couldn't believe what I was reading. And I also read a comparison of Agile versus Waterfall. And I was shocked because the sensible thing to have done would have been to compare an Agile mindset with a fixed traditional mindset, not comparing what you use to get a lot of complexity and chaos organized and done through exploratory means of increments and iterations. That's what I would have expected, comparing project management to project management. But instead, they went down the same blind alley that many project managers go trying to compare waterfall versus agile. And look, when they say agile, you know what they're saying? They're talking about Scrum or they're talking about Kanban or they're talking about TDD or they're talking about XP. Comparing waterfall to agile doesn't even make sense because when you take a look at the agile frameworks, they don't go into as much detail as to which phases you're working on. And the reason is agile cuts across so many industries. When we talk about waterfall and we say analysis, design, develop, test, implement. When we talk about agile, where do you start from? Usually people start quoting the manifesto. The manifesto has nothing to do with programming, testing, and development. It's primarily a way you think. I find people, when we talk about agile, they immediately whip out this very famous drawing or famous schematic, the, the scrum skeleton. And they begin drawing the product backlog and they begin talking about, you know, the sprint. And that's just one way to skin a cat using agile. And I love cats. I hope you'll forgive the expression, but it's just one way to get stuff done. But this should not be equated to waterfall why? Because when you look deeper into Agile, what you find is sprints. Sprints done in this fashion. You have a sprint, and within the sprint, you have the same progress, technically. Analysis, design, development, some testing and some implementation or delivery, if you will. And 
that is your iteration one. And this is why we need a cross-functional team because in the frameworks that we talk about, we talk about T-shaped skills. Why? Because we need to do analysis, design, development, testing, implementation. We need to come out with a potentially shippable increment at the end of every iteration. So we do this over and over again. Iteration two will have the same analysis, design, development, test, implementation. And we may not implement like that, but we'll demo it. We'll be ready for a release, however many iterations they are in the release. And we go all the way to iteration N, whatever that looks like. But there's still some analysis work. There's still some development work. There's still some design work. There's still some testing and implementation. My, oh, my. Talk about a misguided train. Talk about a train wreck. Because the PMBOK guide for the longest time has just gotten a bad rap has been waterfall. And I would love to correct that. Stop calling PMBOK waterfall. Okay, project managers, I can understand people who don't know the difference between phases and process groups. But managing the work is different from doing the work. You shouldn't be comparing both. If I was to write out a formula for Agile, my formula for Agile would be something to the effect of Agile is equal to customer collaboration plus value plus benefits plus outcomes. And that is a factor of inspect transparency adaptation and we're going to have some iterations depending on how many and we're also going to factor in the big Q for quality Technical excellence, good design, all that good stuff. Simplicity, the art of maximizing the amount of work not done. That's the thing. So when you take a look at these three topics here, take a look at waterfall, a formula for waterfall, a formula for PMBOK guide, and a formula for agile. These are all different things So you can look at Agile first and foremost as a mindset. And then if you want to talk about Scrum and Kanban and XP and TDD, you could look at those as frameworks or methods that take the Agile thinking translated into behaviors and practices. So Agile is about thinking first. Waterfall is never, ever considered to be about thinking It's about doing stuff in a particular way. But Agile is thinking to have multiple ways of achieving a goal by having the same pattern of thinking, one of agility. When you think Agile, your behavior will be translated into Agile behavior. And the practices that you use 
the things you do will be agile. That's why I often tell people to not cram the manifesto, but to get into it and live it and act it and let it become part of you. Those practices are crystallized in the different frameworks that we know of. Scrum, Kanban, Scrumban, TDD, XP, Crystal, so on and so forth. Whether you're using a scaling technique, always ask yourself the question, is this agile thinking? Unfortunately, some of the frameworks that we use to scale agile are not agile in thinking. They're not agile in behavior. It's as though people getting certified in certain frameworks for scaling are not thinking about the manifesto. Because if you were, you would know that that thing is not agile. That thing is waterfall trying to disguise as agile. You get what I'm saying? And what I mean by that is it is a very prescriptive way of doing things one, two, three, four with many technical roles. And as a result of that, you can't even call it agile. It's too prescriptive. Okay? So, going back all the way to the basement. Waterfall. Let's debate waterfall. Why is waterfall looked at as being so bad? Waterfall has been looked at as being so bad because people have not opened the Agile Practice Guide or they know nothing of Ralph. They got no idea who Ralph is. Who is Ralph Stacy? The guy who came up with the Stacy complexity model? A student asked me today, Phil, why do we why do we call it the Stacy complexity model? It's because of that gentleman who worked on it. And what did Ralph Stacy show us? He showed us that if you are looking at two dimensions, y-axis for requirements, x-axis for technicality, you're either close to certainty or you're far from certainty. If you're close to certainty, you're at the zero point here. And this is where S for simple type of project management is going to work. In other words, predictive. Please don't call it waterfall, predictive. This is where predictive methods, such as those espoused in the PMBOK guide, now you're talking, because predictive project management is not waterfall. In fact, waterfall project management does not exist. Predictive project management does. So let's get it straight. We need to correct all the bad ideas people have about the PMBOK guide. Now, as you begin to venture out, you've got pockets of what we would say is complicated. You have some complicated pockets of work. And as you begin to get into complicated space, you need to be thinking a little bit more agile, but you could still run things predictively. Because even though something has a gazillion steps, if you follow all the steps, you'll get there. Just like putting a watch together, building a watch has thousands of steps, lots of springs, lots of wheels, lots of levers, but ultimately you'll get it done if you follow one, two, three, four. 
But eventually, you're going to hit the complex space. And when you hit the complex space, this is where you need to be channeling your agile guru. And getting into this space, we find ourselves getting into more uncertainty. The higher the uncertainty, the more agile you've got to be in the way you tackle it. Ultimately, you could get to full-on chaos. And what happens when you get here? You better be bringing it agile every single day. So, when we think about agile, there's a reason why we break things down like this into iterations. Doing things like this is a risk coping mechanism. It's a way of you dealing with the uncertainty so that you do not go too far and invest so much before realizing you're not on the right track. All these things we hear about, all the way from the minimum viable product to the minimum marketable feature to the minimum marketable product to the potentially shippable increment to the retrospectives and the demos or reviews the backlog refinement the sprint planning the daily scrums that we talk about walking the board all that stuff is all risk coping because we know that if we do things in iterations and we do things in increments we are likely to be able to respond in a timely fashion to change to uncertainty and it will give us staying power to be resilient When we take a look at waterfall in terms of it being a model the reason people would use a model such as this would have to be because the work they are doing falls into the predictable space where we can use predictive methods to get the work done and manage the work so taking a look at waterfall one more time the phases in waterfall are not bad the delivery approach in waterfall is not bad we use it when we need to but the pembok guide method for managing work taking a look at knowledge areas process groups that is not waterfall that is life and i pose a challenge to every project manager to think about their daily life is there a day you didn't ever plan or execute or a day you never monitored and controlled anything you're in the car what are you doing monitoring and controlling you decide to get out of bed what did you do you initiated the movement What do you do when you take a look at your phone and you're taking a look at the time? What's the time now? How long will it take me to get to work? Which way will I drive to work? It's all part of planning. 
Now, you could be planning in a very predictable manner, or you could be planning in a very agile manner. This is stuff you do every day. And this is why, this is why that if you take a look in the Agile Practice Guide, pages 90 to 95, we're talking about Agile here, Agile. The Agile Practice Guide published by the PMI, it shows you. That table that everyone says, oh, that table, that table, I hate that table. Initiating, planning, executing, monitoring, closing, all those. I hate them, I hate them, Phil. I don't want to read it. You know what I tell people? Think about your life. And think about how you do these things all the time. Whether you are integrating or scoping, or you're scheduling, or you're costing, or you are thinking about quality or resources or communications or risk or procurement or stakeholder. You could do that from any lens. This is not, oh, Pembok versus Agile. It's silly to think that way. As a project manager, we need to be mature to just see things as they are. Some things are just buckets. And these are just categories, areas, buckets. What do they do? They facilitate the learning of project management, one, which is why I totally subscribe to the breakdown of process groups and knowledge areas, the same way I totally subscribe to Scrum or Kanban or any of the other frameworks or methods in Agile. Because some of them are just great for arranging stuff, and some of them are just life. Take a look at page 91 in the Agile Practice Guide. What does it say? Integration. Iterative and Agile approaches promote the engagement of team members as local domain experts in are you reading page 91 what does it say in integration management so what does that tell me we integrate in the world of agile who integrates the team it's the team that integrates take a look at scope what does it say it says Agile methods deliberately spend less time trying to define and agree on scope in the early stages of the project and spend more time establishing the process for its ongoing discovery. In an agile project, we think about scope. Scope is not a bad word. Go over to the next page, page 92. What does it say? Adaptive approaches use short cycles to undertake work. Exactly what I showed you over here. We have these cycles. See? Short cycles. Iterations of anywhere from one to four weeks. Deliver the PSI. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. In the early stages, it could be an MVP that could also double as a PSI. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. But we're using short cycles to undertake work. So when you take a look at the knowledge areas, my friends, you got to realize that you do these knowledge areas, whether you are managing the project using predictive methods or managing the project using agile methods, right? But it's silly to say waterfall can be equated to Agile or equated to PMBOK. It's just different things. They're different things. 
there is no specific set of phases that we identify in the world of agile. But in the world of waterfall, there are phases. It's built on the phases. Agile is not about the phases. It's primarily about the think, about behaviors, and translate those into practices. And far down the road, we get into the frameworks and the methods. All right, let's go to cost. It says, projects with high degrees of uncertainty or those where the scope is not yet fully defined may not benefit from detailed cost calculations due to frequent changes. Instead, lightweight estimation methods can be used to generate a fast, high-level forecast of project, watch this, labor cost. How are we able to do that? We've got a team that's stable. We've got a fixed number of people working for a fixed duration. Fix the budget, fix the schedule. There you have it. Going to page 93, it says, in order to navigate changes, agile methods call for frequent quality and review steps. Remember I told you the formula for agile? And one of the things that I put in my formula for agile was the concept of inspecting and adapting and the concept of being transparent. The concept of breaking stuff into tiny pieces. Sometimes we can break it into small pieces. Sometimes we could break it into even smaller pieces. It really depends. But the bottom line, my friends, is that you should be thinking about doing things in small chunks. So going back to what we have here for the Agile Practice Guide. Quality is tackled in the world of Agile. The concept of resources, we hate to call our team members that, but it reads, projects with high variability benefit from team structures that maximize focus and collaboration, such as self-organizing teams with generalizing specialists. What are we talking about? T-shaped skills. T-shaped skills. So, when we talk about communications, which is on page 94, it says, project environments subject to various elements of ambiguity and change have an inherent need to communicate evolving and emerging details more frequently. We see this in Agile as well. What are you getting from all this? I'm showing you the knowledge areas from an Agile lens to show you PMBOK and Agile, they're not at war. They're complementary. They're complementary. They're just showing you how to approach these in different ways. And this is the mindset. This mindset is what is going to help you to be hybridized. See? So in the world of, let's take Scrum as a framework, because Scrum is, is a great visual of the behaviors, the mindsets, and so on. So how often do you communicate in Scrum? Daily, the daily Scrum, you find the product owner, business representative working together with the team as one of the team, that's communication. We talk about the wider world of Agile and Alistair Coburn's great description of what it means to radiate information through an information radiator is priceless. These Patterns of thinking 
emerging behaviors and tools that we use, like storyboards for transparency. These are things that we use to demonstrate and to live in an agile fashion. Information radiators, the concept of osmotic communication, the concept of co-located teams, it's all one and the same purpose, to be agile. Going to risk, it says high variability environments by definition incur more uncertainty and risk. And to address this, projects managed using incremental work products and cross-functional project teams make use of frequent reviews of incremental work products and cross-functional project teams to accelerate knowledge sharing and ensure that risk is understood and managed. A lot of what we do in Agile anyway is a risk coping mechanism. Procurement is an area that we don't shy away from, but the fact is people like the project manager outside of the team on an Agile team, project managers or other individuals or stakeholders could be involved. Team members could be involved, but we don't hop on and on about procurements that much. What we focus on is flexible contract arrangements. And one of the concepts is money for nothing, change for free. You get extra money if you deliver within a certain time period to a certain set of requirements. But at the same time, you allow the customer to make changes to scope by switching scope out with comparable scope. And then we have many other formal names for these contracts on page 77 in the Agile Practice Guide. For those of you who want to go read up about flexible contract arrangements talked about in the Agile Practice Guide. Last but not least, the stakeholder. Our highest priority in the world of Agile is to do what? To satisfy the customer. So it is really, really important, my friends, that when you think about the world of Agile, the world of Waterfall, the Waterfall model, and the PMBOK guide, just remember the PMBOK guide is all about this stuff. Things project managers do, whether you're bucketizing them by process group or by knowledge area. When you talk about Waterfall, you're being very specific to technical stuff being done. Could we say that it flows linearly? Yes, but that doesn't make it PMBOK guide. Another thing people often forget when we talk about the PMBOK guide is the fact that PMI never, ever in the history of the PMBOK guide ever said that process groups are sequential. If you go to page 555 in the sixth edition, what you'll see is the process groups overlapping something like this. You see this overlap of the process groups. Very similar to that. Initiating, planning, executing, monitoring and controlling and closing. They all overlap in some way. You don't say, oh, there we go. I'm done identifying my stakeholders. Never to go back to that. Move on to planning now. Your project will fail. So what should we do when we look at initiating? Initiating is a bucket. That's all it is. It's a bucket of stuff you do. Initiating is a bucket. 
planning is a bucket and this is not as accurate but again it's a bucket they're just buckets of things you do so why do you why do you think you have to do them in sequence oh you initiate then you plan then you no think about the concept of pre assignment where does pre assignment fall into it falls into executing right so assuming it falls into executing where do you do pre assignment very early on in the project if you're looking at this as a timeline pre assignment happens even outside of the project before the charter is authorized but we see that tool and technique used in executing so it's a bucket executing is a bucket it could happen at any time a lot of times when we're submitting rfps and rfqs we're already in the throes of planning even before the charter is signed so it's very important that when you look at agile when you look at pembok don't look at them as being at war okay tread very carefully i would like you to think about this i'd like you to leave your comments below waterfall model for getting work done we could use a waterfall model for any industry but the waterfall model is not managing a project it's doing the work pembok guide categories of process groups are not cookie cutter and prescriptive but it provides a framework that you can cut and use as you see fit apply the 8020 rule take 20% of those 49 processes you'll be shocked when you get an 80% payoff you got to think in an agile fashion even when you use the pembok guide you see research from the pmi has shown that those companies that are predictive in their delivery in other words they deliver one time at the end of their projects but are agile in their thinking they are more successful wildly more successful than their counterparts who are predictive in their thinking and predictive in their delivery okay so let's make a case for predictive project management taking a look at that stacy complexity model on page 14 one more time page 14 of the agile practice guide it is not a sin to be in the simple zone it is not a sin to use predictive project management it is not a sin to use a gantt chart to have a project management plan to have a wbs to have a scope baseline a schedule baseline absolutely nothing wrong in it if the situation demands it if there are tons of lives at stake if there's a lot of money at stake if you know what you're doing if it's predictable you're fine but as you move into the complex zone start thinking agile open up to page 19 of the agile practice guide take a look at pmi's continuum of life cycles it's unfortunate that in the world of project management there are a lot of agile zealots and there are a lot of predictive zealots they believe agile is fundamentally useless and for cowboys and the agile zealots believe that predictive is fundamentally hopeless and is for people who don't know any better people in the dark ages and nothing is further from the truth I've spent a lot of my career studying both. Over 10 years ago I got my first agile certification. Last year I got a couple of other agile certifications. 5 years before that I got another one. A couple of days ago I got another agile certification. 16 years ago I got my first certification from the PMI. 
And I have over 11 project management certifications. I'm beginning to lose count. But the bottom line is this, be a lifelong learner. Don't be one track minded. Don't be a one trick pony. Remember T-shaped skills, T-shaped skills. Understand both worlds. So in closing, my friends, let's make it crystal clear. The statement I made in the beginning, waterfall model is not equal to PEMBUK. They are not the same thing. The process groups are not sequential. They are not phases and they are not technical work. The waterfall model, on the other hand, is all about the technical work being done. Let's take a final look at the waterfall model description on Wikipedia that, of course, references other reputable sites. The waterfall model is a breakdown of project activities into linear sequential phases. And this word right here is what should wake us up to smell the coffee. Phases. That word, that word right here, that is where you immediately see, oh, we're not talking apples to apples. It's not Pemmock Guide. Where each phase depends on the deliverables from the previous one and corresponds to a specialization of tasks. This approach is typical for certain areas of it didn't say project management. Even Wikipedia knows better than a lot of institutions. It's for engineering design. In software development, it tends to be among the less iterative and flexible approaches. In other words, it tends to be among the less agile approaches as progress flows in largely one direction downwards, like a waterfall through the phases of conception, initiation, Analysis, design, construction, testing, deployment, and maintenance. Now, when we get into maintenance, you know, even though we could look at managing by project, maintenance is typically not something we talk about in the world of project management. That should be another indicator to show you this is so not Pembroke Guide process groups. I rest my case here for now. Thank you very much for joining me. I hope this gave you food for thought. If you have any questions or comments, I encourage you to drop them below. Let me know your thoughts. If you thought that waterfall was Pembroke Guide, well, now you know that it's not Pembroke Guide. If you're looking for coaching and training to help you make more sense out of this stuff, the website to go to for one-on-one -on -one coaching with me is PM Anonymous. Dot com and the parent website is praiseon.com. Thank you very much for your audience. I wish you all the very best in your project management. Those of you taking the exam, whichever exam, all the very best to you. Bye for now.
you've enjoyed this episode and I hope this has given you some context of how to study. Please consider giving this a thumbs up, look for the ratings, and this helps others find this content that can help them in their PMP journey and in their project management. I would like to invite you to a link I've shared with thousands of PMs worldwide. It's a link to the CDC website, their PMO portal with free examples of lots of inputs and outputs. Everything from change management plans to business cases, project charters, project management plans, communication matrices, and so on. Go on down to tinyurl.com forward slash sigma PMO. I will also put a long link in the description of this podcast. Keep on tracking and before you know it, you will be a PMP. Keep putting pedal to metal. Don't let anything dissuade you from your goal. Talk to you in the next episode. Bye for now.